This is the sermon podcast of Lord of Life Lutheran Church in Columbus, Ohio, where we proclaim God's extravagant grace, radical inclusion, and relentless compassion. Join us for worship on Sundays at 8 a.m., 9 a.m., or 11.15 a.m. This is Lord of Life. There's a place for you here. For information, please visit our website at www.acceptingall.com. Grace to you in peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Then the soldiers led him into the courtyard of the palace, that is, the governor's headquarters, and they called together the whole cohort. And they clothed him in a purple cloak, and after twisting some thorns into a crown, they put it on him, and they began saluting him, Hail, King of the Jews! They struck his head with a reed, spat upon him, and knelt down in homage to him. After mocking him, they stripped him of the purple cloak and put his own clothes on him. Then they led him out to crucify him. They compelled a passerby who was coming in from the country to carry his cross. It was Simon of Cyrene the father of Alexander and Rufus. Then they brought Jesus to the place called Golgotha, which means the place of a skull. And they offered him wine mixed with myrrh, but he did not take it. And they crucified him and divided his clothes among them, casting lots to decide what each should take. Holy wisdom, holy words. Evangelical Lutheran Church in America has a social statement on the death penalty. The church in assembly, when they passed this statement, agreed to its total opposition to capital punishment. Of course, not all Lutherans agree, and it is not a matter of faith that one must agree with the decision against capital punishment. As we know, the death penalty is still in force in Ohio and elsewhere in the United States. However, it is used sparingly in most places, and there is an effort to make it as humane as execution can be. The debate, the fact that Christians don't agree but discuss it and worry about it, the fact that the citizens of our country debate it, discuss it, and worry about it, the fact that legal battles still continue in relation to it, all suggest that we are struggling with it. And all this is a far cry from the practice of the Romans, for whom crucifixion in all its brutality was a common practice visited upon hundreds and hundreds convicted of various crimes. The philosopher Cicero called this the most brutal and repulsive of practices. And as appalling as the practice itself of crucifixion was, it is all the more appalling when we consider Jesus' innocence, the perfidy of certain religious leaders, 
the cowardice of Pilate, and the brutality and mockery of the soldiers, whom Jesus himself said from the cross, did not know what they were doing. Yet as appalling as it is in Jesus' case, it is not the pain, the humiliation, or the innocence in and of itself that carries the full message of what happened that day. Others on that day who suffered crucifixion were doubtless innocent of crimes, but were still crucified for political reasons, say others of in, in that day, not that particular day. And what makes the brutality and humility and agonies of Jesus suffering on the cross stand out from the many others who suffered that fate is the drama of divine suffering that is unfolding in that terrible event. Sin separates us from God. Jesus was bearing our sin. He was, in his physical agony, therefore, suffering also the spiritual agony of separation from the Father and the Spirit, who were suffering his pain and death as well, and all for the likes of us, all for the likes of us, as the hymn says it clearly, for us by wickedness betrayed, for us in crown of thorns arrayed, he bore the shameful cross and death. For us, he gave his dying breath. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.